cloud. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Bitcoin Stoa for another episode of Innovators, which is a long-form show where we invite founders and creators working within the Bitcoin space to tell their stories and share the vision for their projects. So for any first-time listeners here today, Bitcoin Stoa is a community-funded platform. So if you enjoy listening, you can support the project by sending some sats to the QR code on our homepage at bitcoinstoa.com, or you can support the project by streaming some sats using something like the Breeze app, which has a really cool uh, podcast feature. Uh, if you find the information useful, as always, share it with people who you know that might be curious about Bitcoin. That is the best way for us to work towards a Bitcoin future. Current Moscow time is 2073 at 713.569. And with that said, today I'm honored to welcome Scott and Mallory, who have kindly offered their time today um, to share the story of their card game called Shamory. Um, Scott and Mallory, welcome to the STOA. Hi, yes. thank you so much for having us. Excited to be here. Welcome. Yeah, excited to hear about um, hear about what you've created. And before we talk about the game you've created, uh, I'd love to start with just like a little, like for the record, Scott, Mallory, and I met virtually uh, like 14 <laughs> seconds ago. So I'm here <laughs> for the first time as well, which I think is the best way for it to be. Um, but maybe start by telling us uh, a little bit of background about yourselves um, and then your Bitcoin stories. When Bitcoin found each of you and maybe some of the more significant moments leading to where we are today. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it found me first, so I guess maybe I can kick it off and then and Mallory can take it from there. Please. Uh, so the first time I remember hearing about Bitcoin, I want to say it was probably like 2013 or so. Um, I remember hearing a news story, look, we're in San Diego, um, and there was a local news story on the first Bitcoin ATM going up um, somewhere in the city. So that that's mentally the last time I remember hearing it, or first time, excuse me, hearing about it. Didn't do anything with that information then, unfortunately. Um, but I kind of came in with like a lot of other people at the end of the last uh, bull run. So kind of that late 2017, um, early 2018 cycle where we saw the number going up, caught your attention, um, and then kind of the rest is history. But really, um, if I think about it deeper than that, my story probably goes back to a combination of kind of where uh, my professional uh, career has gone before for the past 13 years, I've been in the ed tech industry. So that's where some of this education side comes in with the game and the book, which we can touch on. Uh, but before that, um, I was also in the accounting industry um, on the audit side of things. And so if you think about um, the world of auditing, for those that know about it, it's all about verification, uh, traceability, um, trust. And so as I dove deeper into that Bitcoin rabbit hole, obviously after we went into the, that bear market for a few years and, and instead of you know forgetting about it, just kept learning. It really made sense and resonated where it's like, okay, you know, I understand the reasons behind um, things need to be verifiable and trustworthy. So it kind of came second nature and then uh, kind of wrapping around uh, both myself and Mallory, as you can touch into kind of the, the passion behind creativeness and creative ways to teach, um, particularly for it's for all ages, but for, for particularly kids. Um, and really just kind of from 2017 up until now, just we've kept diving deeper and mm -hmm. deeper. Um, and we've got to tell the Shamari story after that, but that's really my, my Bitcoin story. Yeah. So um, for those of you, many of you probably don't know, but we are married. <laughs> <laughs> so our story does overlap um, a small amount. And um, like Scott said, back in 2017, he started, you know, digging into Bitcoin and he would talk to me about it, you know, over dinner, over TV, you know, he would start mentioning it. But to be quite honest, I really wasn't very interested, um, but we started investing more and more in it. And as you invest more money, I think you start paying attention. So I started paying attention that way. But flash forward to just, you know, maybe about a year or so ago when Shamri came to be, and we're happy to talk about that letter. 
later. That's really when I think my Bitcoin journey began. Um, when I became invested and excited by helping families um, and helping kids um, educate themselves on Bitcoin and the type of freedom it could offer to individuals. My professional background is in social work. So I have a master's in social work and I currently help um, high school students transition out of high school into their career um, and they have various disabilities. So I've always had an interest in helping people be successful in whichever way they deem success. So bringing it into Shamari and kind of when the Bitcoin story started, when I had the opportunity to help families and people all over the world um, get excited about their future and take control of their future, that's really when my Bitcoin story started. Wow. Those are great stories. Thank you for sharing those. Uh, and Scott, super interesting about the ed tech uh, background and a number and a background in numbers. It's like that. It's, it's so funny how, like when you have a, when you take a really broad context of Bitcoin, it's like anything anyone tells you, you can relate to Bitcoin. It's like yes, <laughs> it goes on, everything you can relate to Bitcoin, but you know, you get a stronger conviction that that relationship you've just said isn't flagrant. Right. And it's like the whole notion that the hardest part to get by when it comes to adopting Bitcoin and switching to this new system is understanding it. And it's just as hard for adults as it is for kids. It's probably harder actually for adults yeah. uh, because they have to unlearn everything. Kids are just yeah. like, I think kids intuitively make sense of money on a lot of levels. And then we assume that money's too complex for them to understand, but we don't realize that like we made it complex and the complexity is screwing us over. So <laughs> it's like you have the perfect storm of like the social side, the education side, the numbers side. Um, and yeah, I find it really cool to sort of objectively see that and be like, oh, that makes perfect sense that this came together. Um, yeah. So maybe let's talk about Shamri. Let's talk about like where, so you, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but maybe let's even rewind a little bit of like, what is Shamri? Um, and sort of maybe a high level overview without getting too specific into, you know, like what the game is and how it, how it's played. Um, and then probably the why is, is better first. Like, why did you make it? And then talk a little bit about what it is, if that's cool. Sure. Yeah, I can talk about why we made it. You can uh, give an overview. So we have a toddler ourselves, uh, two years old. Her name is Charlotte. And one of the things that we uh, prioritize in our parenting is teaching, uh, teaching Charlotte uh, things that we believe will help her be successful and also giving her credit that she probably understands and can learn more than other people may think that they're toddler now, kind of back to what you were saying about how kids probably understand money, but we want to think that they don't, right? So we started talking to Charlotte about Bitcoin in very simple terms. I mean, she's only two years old, but we started doing some research into the market to see what would be out there that we could use as a learning tool to help facilitate these conversations. And there's nothing. There's really nothing on the market that teaches kids the basic elements of uh, Bitcoin. So we thought it was a great time then to create it ourselves. And that's been our mission and what we've been doing with Shamari. We have a card game and a book, and both of them teach kids, but also adults, the basic elements of Bitcoin mining. Yeah. And um, like Mallory said, when we started this a couple of years ago, there really wasn't much else on the, on, out there on the market. A few other things have, have bubbled up. We're proud. Actually, one thing we're proud mm -hmm. of. Around the same time as Shamri, um, Sats Ledger is another project that popped up. Uh, we've got to know that team well. And just last week, we announced that you can actually purchase their products through our website. So we're combining forces there. And so, as you know, and probably as many of the listeners, the Bitcoin community is so 
open and, and warm um, and wanting to help each other. And so it's a close knit community, especially when it comes to this sort of education side of things. So um, being able to, to work with other people in the space, whether it's products or kids camps, um, like Isaiah Jackson's doing and, and many others, that, that's really what drives us. Wow. It's so cool that you're basically pioneering uh, a new realm of like tools. Um, and I, I really like the, I come from a background in health. What I realized one of the big sticking points is for people to want to learn about health is that health seems like a very dry thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that exciting. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, I have to eat foods I don't want to. I have to do things I don't want to. And what they don't realize is like play, health is fun when you're, when you're starting to kind of understand things and seeing changes. But more importantly, you have to play with the process of health, right? The best way to learn one of these fundamental human learning technologies is play. And we've just kind of forgotten that. And it's like, no, no, it's all work and tests and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's play. So turning the education of Bitcoin into a form of play um, is a really great idea. It's brilliant because adults don't want to do boring shit either. That's the reality. No. <laughs> like, you know, probably the reason there weren't any kids games or kids education stuff is because like most people don't understand Bitcoin. Like yep. m- the vast majority were so early. So to expect someone who loves making tools, learning tools to understand Bitcoin deeply enough to explain it simply is like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And I'm glad you're pioneering that because it's so needed. Um, I bought your game and it's like, this is, that's what we're going to play over Christmas in my family. It's mostly adults. And it's like, okay, let's all learn about this together. Um, and there is yeah, the drinking and- instructions too, in case that needs, <laughs> that's needed. So you can always yeah. spice it up with that. Yeah. Too. Amazing. And can you talk a little bit about what is Shamari and how have you, you know, I've kind of like looked at it a few times and it's like you've gamified the rules of mining uh, and embedded education with met with like i don't know i'd love for you to explain it because it seems it's such a cool interesting game i haven't played it firsthand but i've what i've watched that little rules video like several times and i i love all the individual elements because i see all the parallels yeah yeah absolutely go for it totally so like you said for the game um it's really centered around the process of bitcoin mining the nice thing is you literally need to know nothing about bitcoin when you're mining to, to be able to come in and play it the best analogy is, is if you can play the game of memory, you can play Shamari, because that's really where the analogy comes from. As uh, we started learning more about the Bitcoin mining process, neither of us have ever been miners ourselves, mm-hmm. but we like boiling things down as simple as possible, like we were saying. And so when we did that, you think about it in that simple nature, the process of Bitcoin mining is comprised of two components, a nonce and a target. If those two things sync up, for lack of better words, the next block is mined, that miner gets a reward. On we go. Once that clicked um, in the back of our heads, that's where the, the memory, um, the game of memory analogy came into play. We were like, okay, if we have a set of nonce cards, so here's our nonce here. They're all comprised of, let me find one that's not a difficulty adjustment. There we go. They're all <laughs> People without context of like difficulty exactly. adjustment. I know that word too. So all the cards so that have nonces on them, there's 11 of them. They have these little fun Bitcoin characters on them. So they all kind of stand out. But essentially, you're going to lay all the nonce cards down, all 11. You're going to flip over one target card. So there's a stack of target cards. Also have the exact same characters on them. Um, Each player is going to roll the dice. So two or more players roll the dice. Assuming it's your turn to mine, you get to flip over one of the nonce cards. Let's assume those don't match. Nothing happens. But you want to remember what that card was, just like memory. Because as you keep going around in the circle, ultimately, you want to match that current target with the nonce. Um, assuming those two things match up, the players get a reward. So here's our reward and the block gets mined. So we can mine, here's the Genesis block. 
we're trying to go from uh, the Genesis block all the way up to a block out of 10. Assuming that happens at the end of the day, the player with the most rewards wins, but it's also collaborative in nature. Mm -hmm. And that's another teaching aspect that came, that comes about from the game where, yes, maybe um, I mined five blocks um, and Mallory mined four and somebody else mined two, something like that. And I was the quote unquote winner. But but the teaching lesson is really we're all winners because we protected the chain because also what can happen during the game is players can roll an attack. And if that happens, the chain can start getting attacked. So if your attack cards ever get longer than your block cards, 51% attack, game over for everybody. <laughs> so it really shows how it, it, you know, mining, yeah, it's individual, you know, whether you're you're right or marathon or the the individual people with compass, yeah, you wanna you wanna get that next block, but you're all in together, you know, the hash rate is gonna go up. We're all really protecting the same thing. So that to me, and I think Mallory agreed, like that's one of the fun aspects that mm -hmm. um I think we probably realized at the beginning, but from talking to especially parents, but people of all ages, um, it's something that that lesson that's in there, like you said, mm -hmm. Bitcoin can be attached to so many different things and in life. Um, and that's probably one of the bigger lessons that that comes about more and more. Amazing. That's so good. I love all the little elements you plugged in there. And, you know, for people that might not know, like the audience that we're at with the Bitcoin store right now is a fairly new audience. Um, mm -hmm. So they might not know what SHA is, but it's the SHA-256 function is the function that gets used to mine Bitcoin. And then combine that with memory, you get SHAMRI. And, you know, I think that the, the major terms in Bitcoin are going to slowly creep into the lexicon of culture, right? Where, where they will be in dictionaries one day because they're essential, right? Yeah. Um, so this, it's funny how this game will be more and more recognized for the wording as time goes on, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the parallel that you make where the brain energy we use when we're playing memory, like trying to remember something, which is like essentially running little memory functions in our brain repeatedly. It's sort of like the electrical energy that's used by hardware to process hash functions in order to complete uh, blocks to, to, like you said, to collaboratively uh, secure the Bitcoin and, or secure the network. Yep. And I, I just, yeah, I really like, I'm a big fan of metaphors because that's really the bridge to teaching, right? It's like make sense of some complex unknown thing by using an explanation of something that is known and simple and then build bridges to each of the points. And then you can bring them over to understanding the other side. Yep. And uh yeah, I see, and there's also I see a lot of parallels with health in the in the respect that you have to be really simple about it in order to get someone to even have a foundational uh, understanding, right? Like you're covering, you don't have to, you can talk about mining for literally 20 hours straight, but the essentials that you need to know to get a broad picture of how all these things have an interplay is actually pretty simple, and then that lets you dive further. So I love how this is essentially creating a foundation for a new generation of Bitcoiners which will grow up in a totally different world, like a way better world. We're going to go through the crap right now and get rewarded by being early in Bitcoin. And on the other side, it's going to be really cool, but it's going to be very different. And so I love how this is like a, a gateway to educate the next generation about Bitcoin with a good foundation. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your Citadel 21 article, because um, I believe it was in volume seven of Citadel 21. Um, I read your article and it was titled the story of Bitcoin education through Shamri. And really the biggest thing that I got out of it was like, you're trying to make the Bitcoin learning journey easier for the next wave or the yeah. next waves, right? Like these waves yeah. won't stop, but especially for the generations coming behind us, the younger generations. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what made you want to write the article and sort of what meaning it carries to, um, to you in terms of making that journey easier? 
Yeah, no, that's exactly kind of you touched on it. The reason why um, the idea for that article came about um, at the time when we when it was written, it was at the very very beginning stages of of Shamri, so I'd say summer of twenty twenty. Um, so we were fresh on the scene um, and really looking for obviously ways to to get out there, let people um, have awareness from what the project we're doing and, and really the passion behind it. Um, and you know, being able to be you know honored to be published in an, in a publication like Citadel Twenty One was amazing. Um, actually, it's right above us, the, the printed copy, so nice. um, not not far off. So whether it's the printed one or the digital one, and it really goes back to like you were saying earlier, it's our our passion is just kind of making things fun and simple. It really started as a, a side project, to be completely honest, just something that, okay, you know, maybe this is something we get to do as a couple as, mm-hmm. uh, on the side, you know, something Charlotte can know about um, as she grew up. And then as we dove deeper into it is where it's like, okay, this is, there's legs here. Um, there, there's a need in the market. It's still a niche. It's a niche within a niche, you know, Bitcoin itself is a niche. And then you're, sure. you're targeting while the game, like you said, it's for anybody. The book is obviously for a younger generation. Um, of, of kids, but it's still a niche within a niche if you're talking about kind of families within Bitcoin. Uh, but we, like you said, low time for prints, see where it can go. And so yeah. the uh, the passion is there. And really for us, a lot of the tipping point um, came in this past May when we were in Miami for the um, for the Bitcoin 2021 concert or concert. It was like a concert <laughs> <laughs> um, a conference where we were lucky enough, you know, the community being as open as it is, the, the Mint Gox team had invited us to set up a small table within their esports room. Um, and Mallory and I were just the two of us at the time. We only had the game, no book. Um, and it was just a, an overwhelming experience each of those two days where, where there's people coming up and buying or telling us they already have the game or learning about it. Um, we went back to the hotel room each of those two nights, absolutely drop dead, exhausted, um, and just proud of what we had created. And um, the book was already in publication or in process of being created. Um, so we kind of had that momentum and then um, it's really just grown from there. That was really the tipping point. And over the past, I'd say six months since that time is when we've also noticed an extreme uptick and other people looking to build curriculum around just both Bitcoin and around our products um, and being able to work with them, not only here in the States, uh, but there's some fun stuff going on down in El Salvador and um, groups down there, Peru, um, Guatemala, um, South Africa, Africa. Um, and so it's, it's something that the, the wave is coming. Yeah. I mean, you made an application on the global network, like the globe will respond. <laughs> and yeah. I love what you said about niche. It's like, yeah, the internet was niche too. When it came <laughs> out. It's like, that's how everything needs to start. But yep. it's, you know, you want to lean into the niches that have a high likelihood of expanding. Yep. And uh, I mean, this one is expanding at the same speed of the internet and is more important arguably than the internet um, or at, equally as important, maybe more important. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. And I really enjoyed, I mean, it's funny how like the dots connect at some point. If I hadn't read your article and set it out 21, I wouldn't know anything about your game at this point. Um, and knowing about it at this point completely like puts another dot on my radar of education tools. Cause my, like my full-time thing is I just want to figure out how to help people understand Bitcoin. Like it's changed my life for the better. I want to be able to help other people's lives change for the better. So oops, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's so funny how things just sort of line up. You discover one thing and then you get brought to the next point and the next point. And then before you know it, you have like this massive toolbox and now it's just a matter of like, okay, where are you at? Okay, you go there or there are some good options. And having a game that people can play together so that people with varying levels of understanding of Bitcoin 
uh, can sort of cross pollinate and answer questions. When people say like, what's mining or what's a block? It's like, you literally get a, a template for people to ask questions if they don't understand it. And I think it's really cool. Um, and you know, the, I think like Bitcoin education, what is it? If someone says, what is Bitcoin education? Right. Cause eventually, you know, someone might say, what is, what is, what category does the game fit into? You say Bitcoin mm-hmm. education. What does that mean to you? Um, and you know, how do you foresee Charlotte learning about Bitcoin? Like I, I, I have no template for understanding. I don't have any kids, so I don't know how kids learn about money, but I'm very curious. Um, yeah. and I wonder how that's going to change in this new world where understanding money is a completely different ball game. And so talk a little bit about your perspective as both a parent and someone who designs educational products is like, what does Bitcoin education mean to you? Go for it. I'd say, um, for where we are today, a lot of it is similar to, you know, just financial education, mm-hmm. um, and kind of there's our synergist and just kind of making people aware of, like you said earlier, you know, kids probably understand more about where money, what money is than the average 60 year old. Um, and so it's really, I've always said that if there's nothing else that people take away from this game, kids take away, if maybe they played when they were five or six years old, and maybe then when they're 15 or 20 or 25 year olds, whatever it is, they hear Bitcoin again for the first time, that's probably unlikely. It's going to take that long, but there's going that mythical um, analogy and that the fact that they played our game or we haven't touched on it, but read the book um, when they were a kid, that lends them a sense of comfort. That's that's step one to me, Um, Mm -hmm. just that comfort level and knowing, oh, this isn't some, you know, crazy hocus pocus or whatever. I remember playing that game with my mom or my dad um, or my grandparents, my friends when I was two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, because I think that's um, unknowingly for us, even whether it's right, Bitcoin or other things that we're passionate about, that's where the passion and um, comfort comes from. It's because it's thing we were around as a kid. So if just having, you know, part of what we, part of the reason why we created the game using all these kind of fun little characters is because we see these characters infiltrating many other things. Um, so whether it's books or games, like we have um, talking to people around um, video and movie projects, video games, um, all those sorts of things where maybe those projects aren't even specifically about Bitcoin, but they're seeing these little guys and they're then relating it back to the concept of Bitcoin in some way. It's just, it's that kind of um, orange pill or, or whatever you want to call it um, that's going to be in the back of their head to say, oh, I, I, there's something that I, I'm comfortable with that. Let me, let me dive deeper. And so, and for Charlotte, you know, like I said, we obviously read um, Goodnight Bitcoin to her all the time. Um, so it's a fun way to, we're used to reading the Goodnight series of Goodnight Moon, Goodnight Baseball. Um, she loves the characters. The, the purple one is her favorite. Hey, tell uh, us a little bit about Goodnight Bitcoin, because I am not. I didn't even know you had a book. So this is perfect. Oh, yeah. so, so which came first, game or book? Game, right? Yeah. So the game and the book released um, this back up past August. So a couple months oh, amazing. ago. Congratulations. No problem. And really it was, so the game is really kind of, Age four is kind of a sweet spot for starting all the way through adults. We've heard as young as like two and three, uh, which is crazy. Um, but the purpose of the book was, okay, there's there's a, still a gap for that younger audience. What do we create? Obviously, we're used to reading books to, to her all the time. So that's where it came from. And then, so the story of um, Goodnight Bitcoin kind of walks you through um, Satoshi creating uh, a new form of money. So it's all- <laughs> I'm going to get this from my dad for Christmas, for sure. Yeah. Like, that's going, sorry, sorry. Likes telling the story of uh, her mom reading. Yeah, I'll tell uh, that. Go for it. 
Um, so back to the education question, I mean, this kind of really touches on it. So at a really young age, what we do know is that kids absorb anything that you talk to them about, right? Their little brains are like little sponges, which is amazing. Whether you realize it or not. Yes, exactly. So you do want to give them, you know, um, educational content that, that's going to help them lifelong. And as parents, I will say that I have come to really appreciate uh, reading with my daughter. It's one of my favorite things, but reading books that I also enjoy. Because there are some really terrible kid books out that my daughter might love, but I personally try to put them on the back of the shelf. So this, uh, so we created this, which is enjoying for um, adults who are reading uh, and then the little kids as well. So my mom was babysitting the other night and she was doing the, uh, the bedtime routine with our daughter and she was reading to her in bed. And our daughter is always able to pick out whatever books she wants to read, but she does enjoy the Good Night Bitcoin book. Uh, so she was picking that and my mom who... We have tried to talk to her about Bitcoin many times and it really just goes over her head. Like I'm sure a lot of parents, it happens. I can relate. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but when we got home, she had brought up to, uh, to us on her own, which was the first time she's ever brought up Bitcoin opposed to the other way around. And she said, she read a page and the page said- She got uh, orange pill by your daughter. I love it. <laughs> she did. It says, and in January, 2009, the first Bitcoin blocks were stacking. And she brought it up. She said, oh, did, like, I didn't realize I was back in 2009. Like, that's actually not that long ago. And then she went on to say, like, oh, in the book, there's a monster named Satoshi. Did you make up that name or who is Satoshi? And it was amazing to see, like, given her the, just this little book um, and she, you know, it started putting questions into her head. So if you do that for kids, it's incredible. But you could also do it for adults. Yep. Really just a, a starting of the learning, you know? I think it's brilliant. I think it's so good because, you know, like sometimes I'd work with kids in the physio clinic. Uh, I used to be a practicing physical therapist and mm. I would teach them all this stuff. And I'd be like, teach this to your parents. Like I'm, I'm helping you understand how to, how to like offset the effects of sitting you do in school on your hips because it's bugging your knee. Your parents probably have this too. tell them. And so the kids end up teaching the parents and it's sort of re anyway, it's funny how sometimes I get little tidbits from parents and they're like, yeah, my, you know, I learned a lot about why sitting hurts my knee. And I'm like, there you go. So I just love that. Like the little tiny, tiny ones can express a desire to learn about something that's fun. And I love the character, yeah. the, the, the concept of having consistent characters across a range of products. Cause if, if a character is recognizable, there's already a typically like a relationship, which between the individual and that character. So they're more likely to look at it. And I, I think it's a great, a really great branding idea, but also it's really fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love how your daughter orange pilled your mom. That's, <laughs> you know, you're solving it. problems when <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I saw in, I think in your article too, you had this sequence, uh, where it was like steps, like Bitcoin education follows sort of like a path. Right. And, uh, I have it written here. It's you wrote awareness, then an arrow, then education, then an arrow, then adoption. And it's funny how, uh, that's a huge metaphor for health. Cause I, I think health fundamentally is an education problem. If you don't know how to take care of yourself, which includes understanding how to use money that doesn't steal your time, then you can't, then you can't be healthy. Um, and, but health starts with awareness and awareness that you actually have a lot of agency to, to control your circumstances, right? Um, awareness, then you get the learning element and then you get the application element. And it's like, same thing with Bitcoin, where in order to adopt it, you first had to become aware of it with like true assumptions. Uh, and then you got to learn about it, which is like a good amount of responsibility. And then you can start to build conviction to adopt it. And um, I think by understanding the learning process, it probably helps you a lot understanding how to design 
education products that allow people to, to go along that path instead of doing it the wrong way. So I really appreciate that. And it's all about, I mean, like you've said, the kids will, will pick up everything you're doing and just tying it back to your health thing. Like um, we both enjoy being active. And so for example, you know, every morning we get up and one of us goes and works out and then the other one does. And we tell it, like, we literally tell Charlotte, oh, you know, daddy's turned to work out. He's going to go. And then she kind of come back and she gives me a high five and then Mallory leaves and then she does the same thing. And then she'll do, um, she has a little yoga class video that she watches <laughs> on the TV, it's the same concept with Bitcoin. So, I mean, health, Bitcoin, you know, eating properly, mm-hmm. um, reading, obviously reading, um, all those things are, they're all related. And that does in, in our mind, you know, awareness, um, is that first step. Yeah. And it's, it's all responsibility, right? Like we, I'm, I would imagine that as parents, you want to, uh, help your daughter be prepared to live in a world where she can take responsibility and have agency over the path that she follows. And like Bitcoin is agents is financial agency, right? Is, is taking responsibility for understanding money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you can at least navigate the world with a, with a good understanding, right. And not get deceived. So I think it's like a whole new generation of kids are going to grow up hopefully with no signs of the legacy system by the time they grow up. And I, I think that'll probably hold true at the pace that it's going right now. Um, but yeah, in a world where everyone understands money, uh, we become immune to ever adopting a monetary system that steals from us again, which is cool. It's like we're building an immune system through just like generations of kids learning about Bitcoin and this new system. Uh, and I think that's like, it kind of hits control save on all the work we're doing. So, I mean, Bitcoin going up forever also helps, but um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so we kind of covered financial literacy. I wanted to bring that up because I think you know, it's a big, and we've already kind of talked about it, right? Like you're educating Charlotte yourselves. Uh, I think a lot of people trust that by, you know, regardless of what school system you're in, I think most people don't realize, like we learn nothing about money. We learn Mm -hmm. nothing about health. And so it's like a really important element for kids to be able to have a template uh, for when they get older. And, um, and like, this is like the perfect gateway, gateway element to a financial literacy, to curiosity within financial literacy, because Bitcoin is money and because the game is based on Bitcoin. And um, yeah, I, th- I just think it's amazing. And, and out of curiosity, the process of going from like idea to full <laughs> stack development selling, um, how long did that take? And more importantly, was the process way longer or shorter or harder or easier than what you had initially envisioned? Uh, oh gosh, what did we initially ab- envision? <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. We have no, we have no previous experience um, taking a product to market. So I don't even knew. Product. Yes, that's true. I don't know if we even had a time in mind, it, it but was it was low it time was everything plus more. <laughs> it was about for the game from kind of initial idea to actually selling was probably a little over a year, mm-hmm. um, and it probably. I would say about six months of that was probably testing out different um, versions and ideas related mm-hmm. to how and like the first ones were horrible. They were still, not good. It was, they have to be. They have to be where good. you get to where you go. Yeah. The process, to be fair, the, the rules and the process are actually identical. So it wasn't the rules. It was the, um, the cards. And that's really where the characters came from, where the first version, they're on note cards, they're actually in a drawer over there just to have them, I guess. Um, if you picture the, say, um, a nonce or a block, there's a bunch of metadata and things that are associated in real life. And so the first versions were more like heavily number-based instead of using the characters. And we'd start playing and we'd realize, oh, you know, it's really actually really hard to memorize, oh, that card there was these numerical things. 
and as opposed to visually, you know, characters and the image space. So that's where kind of the shift, that was probably the biggest shift um, that the, the game itself took um, when we were creating it. And then it was just a learning project, like we said. Yeah, I mean, once you have a concept, then you go out and try to find, you know, cardstock. Is the cardstock heavy enough? We have it. We designer. Yeah, we got a designer and she's been wonderful. We have the same designer for both products. Um, we work really well with her. Manufacturing. Manufacturing it, getting it shipped here. Shipping during COVID is a whole thing. So it's been a learning process, but it is just the two of us. So when you look back at it, I feel very proud of it. And then even today, I mean, it's still just the two of us. So we hand pack every order. I write a thank you note into every order. That's amazing. Um, yeah. We're creating websites, doing yeah, all had, the marketing. I had never launched a website myself from scratch. Um, did that all on our own, but yeah. we didn't pay a single person. Um, we've spent $0 marketing. Um, it's very inspiring. Like people need to hear this shit because it is hard, but mm -hmm. if there's a big enough motivation and sense of purpose behind it, like you can do whatever you want if you're, as long as you don't give up. Right. right. And there's a lot of give up yeah. points that like make a lot of people give up, but if you just persevere and stay flexible to be like, okay, well, you know, the whole process of creation, if you do it playfully, uh, is fun. If you treat it like a, if you treat every problem, like something that's going to cause you stress, you're not going to last that long. Yeah. Um, so good on you for doing that. And, you know, like cool thing about the Bitcoin community is like they're builders, right? It's not like people complaining, Oh, money's a problem. We got to fix this. It's like, no, we're just going to build a better thing. And we're just, gonna, it, it's just going to obsolete the other one. And I think this whole culture of being creators, you know, whether that's huddle than not creating a zine or, or you two creating uh, this game, it's like you're builders, you just do it. And I love that ethos about this community. And maybe a, a good question next is like, when someone says Bitcoin culture, what does Bitcoin culture mean to you? What, what comes to mind when someone says that? Maybe you can answer it individually. Like, what does Bitcoin culture mean to you personally? Yeah. Or should I take this one first? I think our answers are going to be very different. Go for it. So this Ooh, will be good. Nice. When I think of Bitcoin culture, it's going to be related to, gosh, it's absolutely influenced by all of the people that we've met. And I think one of the most amazing things about this Bitcoin culture is how welcoming and how friendly and how open everybody has been to us um, and our products. So, you know, when you create something, you brand new, you don't know what the market is going to say about it. Um, but it's been more than just people buying it. It's like developing these relationships. So whether like it's you that we just met 17 seconds ago, which, you know, feels amazing before you started the podcast or people that we've gotten to know time and time again, like we've met the same type of people at meetups. We've been having lunch with people who are doing inspirational things in Guatemala, in Peru, um, all over the world, you know, um, going to these conferences and just being inspired by people's stories and then being inspired by what we're doing and building lasting relationships that start virtually um, and end up in person, you know, sharing lunch, sharing a drink, just sharing personal interactions. We've made a great friend who now lives in France and it started, you know, virtually. So for me, the Bitcoin culture is really the people who are in it, who believe in it, um, who are welcoming, who see this as the next step, you know, who see it as freedom and, you know, a better future for themselves. That's what I think of. And I am so happy to be a part of this Bitcoin culture. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone basically just everyone feeds off each other, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're doing something great and you're working on it and, you know, like sometimes I'll be working on something in my motivation wins, And then I see a talk from someone that's a badass and they just made like a, a quantum leap with their project. And it's like, oh 
Yes. Okay. Now I got some, I got more rocket fuel. And I think it's like together we have this group energy dynamic of everyone's so excited about their things. There's always something to be excited about. The broad context of Bitcoin is a massive reason to get excited about. So there's just like this very um, powerful energy within everything being done in Bitcoin. And obviously you get from it what you put in, right? If you really engage with the community, you're going to get a huge amount of community support. And so you can pick and choose how much you engage and how deeply you embed yourself. But at the end of the day, it's like the whole thing's really exciting. And I think everyone being doing what they love or, or like shifting towards doing what they love. I think that's a big reason for this positive mindset that everyone has. Um, and yeah, it's like contagious. And it's really like, once you leave the Bitcoin, once you, once you get into Bitcoin culture, like you never want to leave, right? No, you don't <laughs> because it's really hard to identify and be a part of a group that has this type of like energy excitement. Like they're doing things they are making long impacts. It's hard. You can't really, I don't know, honestly, if I found it anywhere else, it's incredible. Yeah, I agree. Scott. I know she said that my answer would be probably different, but actually, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty good <laughs> one that's to follow up. I mean, truly, that, that's the only, we wouldn't be here talking to you. Yeah. If it wasn't for everybody else who had come before you, who we sure. had talked to and connected with, because if I hadn't done, if I hadn't literally, if I hadn't sent a DM to Daniel Prince back in uh, probably March of 2020, um, it was right when he was getting his podcast up and running too. I was on his podcast. Um, that's who Mallory mentioned in France. He has a passion for education, not just mm-hmm. Bitcoin, but um, education in general. So we've become close friends. That's how I was originally introduced to Hold or Not, who is then connecting uh, and creates Citadel 21. So if that if I hadn't sent that DM and Daniel hadn't responded, you and I and Mallory probably would have never talked because you might not have seen an article in the magazine because it probably never would have happened. Or maybe you would have learned about us a year from now when we have um, you know more following or whatever it is. Right. Um, so it's, it's those little things and just like... Um, use the conferences as, as example, like people inviting us to set up tables within their tables, these larger companies who have, you know, obviously spent money to be able to set up giant, giant e-gaming um, setups at large conferences and say, no, come like take some of our, our real estate, mm-hmm. um, yeah. set up a table and, and see how it goes. And like, just those- that's an open source network, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. you being here makes me better. Yeah. And it's like that notion that we are all working towards a shared objective in different with different paths with different incentives but aligned incentives whereby you your game if i hold bitcoin your game makes my bitcoin more valuable if i have a bitcoin business your game makes my bitcoin business more valuable because more people can learn about it and then interact with my business and it's like it's a very i use nature as a as a really big source of inspiration because most of what i did with the health network that i work with is um community design and like nature is the ultimate community designer. Um, you know, just sit in a forest for a couple of days and not talking to anyone, like you'll get a shitload of inspiration. <laughs> um, and this whole notion that like networks fan out organically based on the amount of value they're delivering. And this whole thing where it's like, yeah, who would have known you would have connected with an e-gaming company uh, at an event, but guess what? The binding element is, is the base layer of our next system. Um, so it's relatable to a lot of people who are curious enough to learn about it. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the last line that you wrote in the article really got me in terms of Bitcoin culture, because you wrote, quote, we all have some skill set that can help move Bitcoin, the Bitcoin industry forward, uh, end quote. And like that 
I think that is deeply embedded where once people gain an understanding of what life is like, when you use money, that doesn't steal from you means you have more time. You have more time to do things you love. You have more time to embed the things you love with the thing that gave you the freedom. And then all of a sudden we all have something we're good at that can contribute some positive element in some way to some people. And that's pretty cool. What are your thoughts on like, what made you that whole, we all have a skill set line. Like what's the context for uh, why that came to mind? Um, probably just because, you know, back when I was diving deeper in the, the rabbit hole first, hole first before Mallory, uh, I guess initially was dragged along and then <laughs> dove in herself, like she said, um, you know, I, I wasn't a Bitcoin expert. I've never, like you said, we've never mined Bitcoin. We've never done these things, but the skill set I did have was I find myself to be a creative person. One, um, I can take complex um, topics and boil them down into simple notions. So two, um, and then just kind of combining that education aspect. Um, that that's a skill set, and that's how the game and then the book um, started getting created. And so whether it's skills like that, um, like you were saying, you know, whether it's building networks and community, whether it's, you know, more technical uh, in nature um, with things like IT and, and, and whatnot, whether it's business development, you know, you have a, there's something, if you try, there's something you can do because at the end of the day, whether it's building something yourself or working for these companies that are building stuff on top of Bitcoin, they're just companies. They're no different than the company you're working at now in many cases you know right. they need it they need um, hr they need communications they need marketing um, they need all these things and that's not going away and so whatever you enjoy doing whatever you find that skill to be you can you can find it whether you're building it yourself or building it with with others by joining something yeah and i think you only built something on bitcoin if you've had an experience with bitcoin that made you want to do that and if you did, you've probably got skin in the game and having skin in the game, like it's like um, being someone that works in a company, having zero equity, not really caring what happens. Like I just make money from it or having equity in it, being like, I want this to succeed because if it succeeds, I succeed. Yeah. And so there's that, that's like hard coded in Bitcoin, because if you're not, if you're not, if you're hyped about it, you definitely have some, the more hyped you get, the more you get, the more skin in the game <laughs> you have, the more you want to like spread the message. And it's like the ultimate social game theory. Um, for the world's best money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it, you know, it magnetizes different people for different reasons, but it sneaks in this core value set with everyone that gets gravitates toward, right? Like you can come by Bitcoin from a straight up, I want to make the most fiat money possible. And you will maybe unknowingly adopt the world's best freedom technology. Um, and the world's hardest asset. It's like, that's just, that's what brought you in. But then you kind of learn about, Oh, this is way bigger than just money. Oh, interesting. And um, yeah, it's almost like we all have our own paths and where we meet each other along the paths kind of determines the kind of interactions that happen. And it leads to like a lot of serendipitous meetings that the universe seems to want you to have. And then it's like, oh my God, so much came from that. Um, And what about making Bitcoin fun? Like the element of play, uh, has play always been something personally or in your family that has been big? Because I know, you know, we, we talk a lot about play with the health network. Um, and just how like play seems to have left adult life and it seems to be dwindling more in child life where it's more about work, like do these things, but not so much about just like free play, right? Like, or, or having fun, right? Like, I I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And has has play always been a really big part in your lives? 
Yeah, I I definitely think it has. Um, play or travel or adventure is just something that we really prioritize in our relationship. But one of the common questions that we get when we're at these conferences or we're at meetups, people will say to us, oh, have you thought about digitalizing the Shamari game? And we have thought about that. But the reason that we kept it in a paper, you know, in a cardstock format was because we wanted people to sit around a table and play together. It feels like, you know, we can play, you know, uh, digitally and virtually together. Absolutely. But there is something just really nice about family, friends, your neighbors, people coming over, doing the same thing, putting down their phones and playing a game together and then having conversations that the game stems. So that was one of the ways that we we really prioritize fun um, and why we chose to do it in a cardstock way, at least at least here in the beginning. Yep. Same with the book. The, the one thing we did do with the book, uh, which is on our website, is we turned it into an animated um, video as well. So if you go to the website, um, you'll see the link there. And so what we did is we had um, uh, 16 kids from around the world. Each kid mm-hmm. read, Bitcoin kids, uh, each kid read, read one line um, from the page. And then we had the, uh, the pages animated so that they tell the story in that way. So there is that digital version of the book out there as well to go along with the, the hardcover um, copy. But, but yeah, that everything that Mallory said is correct. You know, we wanted to, to bring people together. Uh, we like whether it's being with each other or family or friends or um, alluding to travel, like it, you know, be able to have that time um, away from the screen and, and enjoying things that you, whether it's Bitcoin or, or anything else, um, you know, take that time to do it. Yeah. 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 And the tool nudges the behavior, right? So, you know, like high quality analog time with other humans is uh, not trending up. And so the more nudges <laughs> we can create to bring people back together in like reality land, not virtual land, which sometimes doesn't reflect reality land, uh, I think the better. And maybe you offer it digitally in the future, but I think it's it strikes me as the kind of game that I wouldn't want to really play digitally. Yeah. Like I would want to be around friends and want, because the sad reality is that someone plays it on their phone, some things are going to pop into their screen and they're just going to bing, done. And, you know, it's just, it's a distraction machine. So if you can eliminate the machine, you nudge being able to focus on present moment instead of just like ding, 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 slot machine. Um, and yeah, I love that. That's a really, that was a really good idea. And I'm excited to get some of these books because, uh, you know, I know a few people that are curious, but are just, I think they've been like beaten, beaten down by this assumption that it's too complex. And they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, I can't, I can't yeah. learn this. Yeah. And you know, there's uh, the Bitcoin rabbi has a book. I gave that to a few of them. And uh, so it's always, it's always nice to have like those really rudimentary tools that might be good for kids, but also like, I know a lot of adults that need those only when they're ready. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah, I really appreciate the making it fun, making it fun and making it a humans doing things, human things together kind of fun. So um, let's talk about like what, so you talked about El Salvador, like, tell us a little bit about the kind of projects that you've got going on. Um, Cause I'd love to hear, you know, all the exciting things that are going on that are relevant to Shamri or to your book, or, you know, what are you stoked about for the, for 2022, basically? Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. There's a lot. It's inspiring. Uh, let me start. Go for it. So with respect to El Salvador, actually timely as we're monitoring a package that uh, should be delivered to somebody down there today with the, to go off to something. So one of the people that we met um, in Miami um, is Carlino, and he's part of the IBEX team um, working on all the work down there with the, the wallet, the Chiva wallet and, and everything else. Um, he's in 
awesome, awesome human being um, besides working on, on IBEX, but he's very passionate about education um, in general, both in El Salvador and Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've kept in contact since that time. Um, and right now he's working with a handful of um, both schools as well as churches um, in the El Salvador uh, area, particularly, um, and trying to get Bitcoin curriculum um, uh, wrapped into the school uh, or church Amazing. setting there. And so over the next few weeks, um, we had one this morning, I haven't heard how it went, um, but he's having some meetings with uh, the people that run these organizations, um, utilizing, uh, he wants to be able to show them how the game and the books can be used um, as part of that curriculum. Um, He's also who introduced us to uh, Bitcoin Lake. So Bitcoin Lake is similar to Bitcoin Beach, uh, but they're uh, smaller and just still getting up and running. The gentleman, Patrick, um, is who runs it out of, he's from Atlanta originally. Uh, but he's down there right now. So he's building um, uh, uh, some curriculum to go with. There's about 30 school kids um, in the Bitcoin Lake area uh, that he's trying to teach um, about Bitcoin. And so these sorts of projects um, in 2022 are are what we're excited about, as well as here in the States, um, someone like Isaiah Jackson. Um, so over the summer, he um, had his first uh, Bitcoin Kids Camp back in North Carolina. Um, uh, part of that was utilizing Shamari. Uh, we didn't have the mm-hmm. book at the time, so it was just the game, um, but it went awesome. Um, and so now he's uh, went on the forefront of the team down in Miami, uh, working with the mayor to not only spread you know Bitcoin um, usage down there, but also education. And so there's some projects coming up here in the next few weeks um, that he'll be announcing um, going into 2022 that we're really, really excited about. Actually, after a bunch of um, uh, virtual meetings with Isaiah this past Wednesday, he was in town. Um, so I got to actually meet him in person for the first time, which was great. Uh, nice. to talk about some of those things. And the last one would be, um, a gentleman, Dusan. Um, I was hoping you were not going to leave him out. I won't leave Dusan out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. He's doing great things we're, for financial literacy. Yeah. In Slovakia. Yeah. Um, so he's actually, um, he has a mission to, um, educate hundred million people, uh, by, on Bitcoin by 2030. Um, and so right now, uh, he started by building a curriculum around the Bitcoin rabbi's book, actually. Um, cool. And so he just um, is at the end of the stages of kind of the first version of that curriculum. Um, he's now started to wrap in the Shamari curriculum, um, build that out. Um, he's working, I just uh, was on a clubhouse with him earlier this week. He's got about 70 teachers in Slovakia um, already um, kind of going down that rabbit hole and starting to teach. Um, and so those are some of the, you know, the big projects, not only you know, here in the States, El Salvador, Guatemala, Slovakia, like I mentioned, there's some other ones um, going on, but those are uh, probably at the forefront of what's exciting us about, about next year. It's always good to be excited about things. I yeah. think uh, Bitcoin never ceases to put things in front of you that are exciting. So it's, yeah, it's cool. And it's cool to hear what other people are excited about. Yeah. So I think it's funny how people are gravitating towards the El Salvador area. Like I'm going there. I want to go there in February um, and just go there for a month and explore and see like, what is the actual on the ground effect of this Mm -hmm. thing? Like, what is the truth? Um, And just kind of see firsthand. Uh, I have a friend whose family's from there, so he knows the area and he can, he he can speak fluently Spanish. Um, But yeah, it's just so it's funny how everyone is helping El Salvador. Everyone is like, everyone is gravitating towards El Salvador. If you do a Bitcoin project, like you want to find a, a way to put it there because that's the testing ground. And that's the best way to help El Salvador truly succeed, right? It's like, we're all trying to help in any way we can. Obviously someone like a Jack Mahler's pulling a lot more weight than the rest of us, but each of us doing a tiny little nugget is like, that's the way this moves forward. Um, 
Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, and do you have different translations in the book right now, or is it uh, just English or any intentions to translate? So uh, just English right now, part of the work we're doing um, with both Dusan and I, it's probably going to bubble up with um, Carlino and, and the El Salvador work is the nice thing about the game is it's pretty much all image-based. So the game itself really doesn't need translation, but yeah. you were alluding to the video, which is obviously in English. So um, working with them to create uh, the, uh, the Slovakian or Spanish versions of the videos. And we can do the same thing um, for other languages. Mm -hmm. uh, the book uh, would be not harder in the sense, easy to translate, you know, like in, it's a short book, so not too many words. Um, really, it just comes down to, to demand. There's a, you know, a minimum that we need to have to, in order to print it um again so right now they're all printed in english cool yeah exciting and like low time preference right we're here for we're here for a while so uh, <laughs> so it's not a rush everything gets done you know one of my favorite quotes is nature never rushes but everything gets done and it's like it's a good reminder to be like yeah it doesn't have to all get done right now and in fact the pa more patient you are the better things often end up being when they when they get done um, let's do some rapid fire questions and then we'll, we'll finish off with sort of letting people know where they can get, um, all of your awesome education products, um, rapid fire questions. So it doesn't matter. You can both answer it. One of you can fill it up to you, uh, short answers, brief answers. First one is, well, this one might be a no brainer, but what's your most recommended Bitcoin book? <laughs> Good night, Bitcoin. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Second most recommended Bitcoin book. Ooh. Bitcoin I mean, rabbi? For, yeah, that could be one of them. Or I was going to go, um, even just, it, while it's not technically a book, you know, eventually there's somebody read the white paper. I mean, mm. it's not very long. That's um, a good one. Just kind of get there, download it. It's free, obviously. Maybe I should <laughs> say your favorite piece of writing. I yeah. might have to switch that from now on because uh, I agree that should be in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, what's your most used uh, Bitcoin mobile wallet? Oh, uh, we use Blue Wallet. Um, when we're at the conferences for lightning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amazing. Yep. Uh, favorite person to hear speak about Bitcoin. Hmm. For me, it depends on the topic. Um, but I'll go back to the tried and true, our friend, Daniel. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> there you go. I enjoy his podcasts. Yeah. Okay, amazing. And Daniel, what's his last name? Prince. Prince. Once Daniel bitten. Prince. And what's his podcast name? Once, Once bitten. Once bitten. Once bitten. Okay, perfect. I'll check that out. Amazing. That's all the rapid fire. I just like to hear what, what comes to people's minds first. And I'm going to continue to update those questions. But um, if people are more interested in Shamer, if they want to grab the game, if they want to, I, I bought mine, it hasn't arrived yet, but I bought mine on amazon.ca. I'm in Ottawa, Canada, but where can people, where's the best place for people to get it? Um, and what kind of global distribution do you have in place right now? If people from around the world are listening to this. Yep. So the best place to get it is our website, uh, Shamari, so S-H-A-M-O-R-Y.com. That's where you can buy um, individually the game, the book. We also have bundles. Um, so you can do game, book, and uh, like we said earlier, we are partnering with Sachs Ledger, which is really nice. Um, we have a mega bundle, so you could do all three. We what are, is Sats we Ledger? Are, like a broad overview. I haven't heard of it yet. So open it up. Go so Sats Ledger, <laughs> it's really a, that one's kind of open that's okay. yeah there we they're, go they're two little ledgers literally so it's really for uh, imagine parents who might be um using bitcoin as an allowance for mm -hmm. example 
Um, and so uh, you're able to use these trackable kind of uh, call, think of it as a wallet uh, where you're writing down, okay, you know, Johnny got X amount of stats today for doing this. That's so good. Blah, blah, blah. So you can kind of track it along. He's also got a bunch. There's, there's like cute stickers. There's like 40 stickers yeah. um, that come along with it. Uh, so it's just a cool project or cool product um, mm-hmm. for, for kids and parents uh, as they get to that age where they're starting to um, give their kids money in, for, for whatever reasons. Um, and they want to be able to kind of track it in a fun way, see it go up and down. There's um, He works in concepts like having and having and stuff like that in there in, in various ways. So um, that's MTC BTC on, on Twitter who created it. Um, and we're happy, like I said, it's only been about a week or so um, where we've had them on, in stock on our website. But um, like I said, we launched, uh, Sean Marie and, and him, we launched about the same time, I believe. Um, so we got to know each other through that. And, um, when the idea came, you know, why make people go to multiple places? He was up for it. So we were able to, to get some over here to test it out. And so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a good collaboration. So shamry.com, I feel kind of left out because I, I bought mine from Amazon. Jeff, Jeff Bezos didn't write me a personal letter. <laughs> so I, I will tell people to go to shamry.com from now That's okay. on. That's okay. Um, you can go to Amazon. Yeah, You're right. We actually we just launched only the game though is on Amazon, the book and the right. stats ledger on our website, but you can buy it from Amazon and we do ship worldwide. I mean, almost anywhere you can imagine it has been shipped to. So yeah. And obviously um, international shipping can be pricey. Nothing we can really control about that, um, especially given everything that's still going on in the world, but um, hopefully we can get it, get it your way. And uh, we will be um, in Miami uh, Mm -hmm. next year. So for those people who might be making that trek in person, uh, we'll have a, there was actually going to be a, they're calling it a Bitcoin bazaar. Um, where we can set up and, and have product there. So we'll be on site there for you to come and pick stuff up um, in person as well. Amazing. Obviously follow us on Twitter, uh, Play Shamory. Yeah. Play Shamory. Um, Play Shamory is our Twitter handle um, as well as Mallory uh, is not on Twitter. She gets to stay away from the, the craziness, but uh, myself and Sibley. So DMs <laughs> open everywhere. Um, obviously uh, reach out. That's how we connected. Um, so I'm more than happy to always engage and, and talk to people and, and hear ideas. Powerful. Amazing. Scott and Mallory, thank you for taking the time today to stop by the stove and share the story of Shamri and what you've been working on and uh, your personal stories. I think it's always, you know, this is the way I get my inspiration. I get, I'm like super lucky because I get to talk to a bunch of people, but just hearing your Bitcoin story um, or your stories and why you do what you do and what you do um, really just like fires me up because it's really and and now I also have gift ideas for my little nephews. So it's like, yeah, there you go. And I forgot Um, to tell everyone to everyone listening, thanks for being here. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to support the project, you can head to bitcoinstore.com, send some stats to the QR code there, or just share this with someone who maybe you know parents who have kids and um, you know it's a great gift idea or a great idea of how, how you can basically Trojan horse Bitcoin by making sure people know to educate their kids and then educate themselves in the process. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Wishing you all a great day and ciao for now. Thank thanks. you. Thanks a lot.